Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Here we are, everyone, for another week with the Paula Price Show with the one and only Dr. Paula Price. I hope you are prepared for another Scripturally organic explosion. <laughs> I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even know what's going to happen, but we know it's going to be good. <laughs> well, first of all, can we all say thank you and welcome back, Prophet Ashley? Hey, hey. <laughs> we kind of missed her. At least I did, but I have to admit, Chief Prophet Todd was holding it down. Yeah. You know, she acts like she does Wednesdays more. Well, it was, was kind of, you know, not fun to not be here, but... It's fun to listen in. It's to listen. I was like, well, why people really like this? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Well, it's, it's Thursday morning, 10 a.m., Paula Price Show time. We are coming up. We're in March. We're one month out of our anniversary month, which is April. And so I'm through. I don't know what we're going to do, but I have charged the team to make it fun. So we're going to have a fun anniversary month. We might have a little bit of confetti, you know. So I'm even going to allow Ashley to do her heart's desire. Sound effects. <laughs> she will get to do sound effects, guy. I'm a little nervous because I'm not quite sure what sounds affect her, but we're trusting God that he will anchor her in wisdom, (laughs) okay? But, and if you want, all of you who are listening in and have been following the Paula Price Show, especially from the beginning or way back, send us birthday or anniversary wishes. What is the birthday to? Anniversary wishes. Send us a statement, just a small testimony of what the show has done for you. If you're brand new, please share, share and share with us. Let us know. Just write in, put a post on uh, on my Facebook page, and or you can, you know, send it to our email. Prophet Ashley will tell you about that. But why don't you write in, not long, because, you know, we want to be able to read some of it. If you want it to be long, we'll just take the, chat, the sentences that are great. Sure. But... We're coming up on, I think, a mile marker. I mean, we started this out like, okay, God, what are we going to do? And we went from that to all of you. And you all were once a vision in my heart, and you're now viewers and listeners every week. So help us celebrate. Say, this is my anniversary testimony for the Paula Price Show. Yeah, anniversary testimony, and you're going to let us know what is it done for you. And, you know, you can post it, and you can say, hey, it helped my church. I got free. I got answers. 
I got delivered, I got a breakthrough, I got finances, I got, you know, you can go on and on and on, health and family, my kids are free, whatever. And if you have young children or young ones that listen, have them give us testimonies too. I love to hear from the next generation. Oftentimes we forget that they are affected too, and in today's world, it can be as difficult for them as it is for us. So do that, and we're, we, throughout the entire month, we'll start sharing with them and letting everybody else know. The second thing you can do to help me celebrate this anniversary of Paul Fry's show on Blog Talk Radio and, and, and now Periscope and Facebook Live, the second thing you can do is share, spread the word. Spread the word. And just let me know, Dr. Price, I told 10 people, I told 20 people, I told 50 people, my entire network watches, and, and let me hear from them. Let me know. This is the so-and-so network. I got, if you were introduced to the Paula Price show by someone else, share that. You know, my friend Jane, you know, you don't have to tell her that she's Jane Brown and, you know, Toluska. It's okay. We don't need to know all of that. But we do want to know how the show is traveling. And so I definitely want you to do it. So if you do those two things, we're going to do that the entire month of March. And when the anniversary kicks off uh, between Prophet Ashley and Prophet Adir, we're going to hear from all of the people whose lives have been touched by the Paula Price Show, touched by the wisdom you got, the teaching, the counsel, the prayer, the prophecy. We do it all. You know, we're the full package here. And so I would love to hear from you. Why am I doing this? Because I want to meet you. You see, if you don't reach out to me, I don't get to meet you. I don't get to know you. I don't get to hear your thoughts. I don't get to, to relate to you, and I want to. So I decide that we're going to make, you know, the, the month of April, our anniversary month, the month that I get to reach you. We connect because it's important. Some of you leave me um, posts every week on the show. I read them. I know you probably wonder if I do or don't, but I do. I read them. And I read them and listen to them. I pray over the, those that, that come and those, some of them, if I don't get to them, I pass them on to my prayer team. Hey, have the team cover this. Have the team cover that. Uh, pray over this. I'll pray over them. I will I'll pray over your ministry, but I do. I try my best to, to read them because, well, first of all, some of you are just so amazing. Your personalities are so interesting. And, and your comments. Sometimes we crack up at your comments, you know, and, uh, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this, the body of Christ is magnificent. And so I get a chance to meet you and read. When I read those things, I, I, I can think about you and almost visualize some of you. So, yeah, I know. So I, I, this is me, and I just love you guys because I love the body of Christ. You cannot love Jesus Christ and hate his body. It's an impossibility. That's like being married to someone with kids and you hate their children and, tell them, and try to convince them that you love them dearly. You know, you may dislike. There may be issues you dislike. There may be things that just, oh, get on your nerves. But you cannot be in love with someone and hate their fruit. That's an impossibility. So if you hate the body of Christ, you have a problem with his fruit. And if you have a problem with the fruit, it's because you have issues with the root. Something about his truth something about his existence, something about his love, his compassion, his mercy, his tolerance, his indulgence, irks you, you know? So we have, that's what John meant when he said, you know, you've not been made perfect in love. How can you say you love God and you don't love your brother, you know? And so, and, and, and let's not confuse it with the love thy neighbor. Loving your brother is a little different from loving your neighbor. 
Amen. There's a special love we have for the camp. There's that family love. And that family love causes you to be tolerant and indulgent, understanding and compassionate. You can't help it. You know, you, 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 I'm going to get my brother all but, and then but. Man, I am, I'm telling you, I am going to get my sister. I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. And, uh, well, but she is my sister. And they can be the messiest stuff you ever saw. And as hard as you try, they have to do something pretty severe to stop that love, that affection, because that affection, you know, love is more than, than, than just a sensation. It's an affection. And, and, and the word affection means it's an extra facility to temper the harshness that is normal for human beings. Love tempers harshness. Love creates, enables, because it's a facility. It, love is a facility. It's not just a sensation. You know, the world treats it as if it's a sensation. Uh, but love is a facility. It facilitates the temperance of your harshness, snap judgments, anger, bias, all of the negative uh, sides or attributes of the human makeup, particularly in this world, the love of God tempers it, softens, softens it, mitigates it, so that you don't go after people the way you could. How many of us Christians say, boy, but if, but if it wasn't for Jesus? I mean, some of us would have taken people out, and that love of God comes in and says, oh, but the love of Paul, the love of Christ constrains me. We read that, you know, you know, actually, we read that about Paul, and Paul was so loving, so poetic, and you're poetic. The love of God, the love of Christ constrains me. For a man like Paul who was an assassin, that's a big deal. Because remember, he said, I killed Christians. So we, we don't act like Paul wasn't an assassin. His job was to take Christians off the planet. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying today. And the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God constrained him. See, somebody's getting that thing. See, Paul wasn't just a wonderful guy who was just a good guy, a good pal, friend to all, social service worker, you know, health practitioner, preacher. You know, he might have been a priest, but he was a, he was a deadly priest, okay? Let's not forget that. He was a deadly priest. And so Paul was the one that said, but the love of God constrains me. And I know that had to be astounding for him. Because he had never had the sensation of that affection, but also the, the restraint of it. It was Love is a facility, and if you look at a facility, it's an instrument. You know, it's an institution. We can go on. But God wants you to know that, you, that the reason we can't define love is because we cannot surrender to love. Because when you see, to feel love is one thing. To surrender to it is to be moved by another power and another false force altogether. It's to be regulated by rules and codes that make no sense to your, to your mind. You know, and so when you think about it, that's why people are moved with love, you know, and, and, and being moved with compassion and moved with love is not necessarily the same movement. You know, because moving with compassion is a feeling of the moment. Passion, um, it's a feeling of the moment, and it pushes you through to act on a, 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 a sympathy or to act on a, a empathy or relationship that, that you have to someone suffering. Love, not that. Love is literally an instrument installed in your soul 
installed in your heart. For the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. If that thing comes in like an instrument and it brings the entire institution of God's kingdom, not just the, the, the romance, not just the sensation, not just the warm fuzzies, not just the feelings, it brings the entire institution. What Romans 5 is talking about is the entire institution of God's kingdom set in your heart to cause you to behave like he behaves in the most heinous situation. I don't know any other being in creation who is more hated and more heinously treated deliberately and ignorantly than God. I don't know one. And yet he keeps going off because he created something. Oh, hallelujah. I'm getting ready to hit a cloth. He created something to temper his harsh side, to temper his severity, to temper his snap judgments, to temper his, his, because he has all knowledge, he has to work on not being biased because he knows the end from the beginning. So he had to find something to temper that bias, temper his prejudice, temper his prejudgment. He had to create something because when he first started out, it was all about survival for him. It was all about survival, durability, endurance, defense, protection. Those are natural. Preservation was his first thing. And to temper all of the things he understood and brought into existence to preserve himself, he came up with something called love. And love brought that brings, because you know love will bring you out of a mad rage. You know, it brings you out of that insanity. What we're seeing today, the mania we see in our country today has got to let you know that the last thing our country is based on is love. As much as they're calling it love, we want our, our country is not based on love. That's why you can see the heinousness you see. Those nighttime joke shows, those comedians, all of that, that's hatred. And you all don't know it's hatred because hatred has become the constitution of a dark world. And we want, what we want to do is we want to have a constitution of hatred and abuse and hostility and vileness and cruelty. I mean, the things that we're seeing today, I'm telling you, we might not like how this election turned out, but it is showing the underbelly of the human nature. We are seeing humanity at its absolute rawest worst, which to me indicates time for evangelism, time for revival. It's time for discipleship. It's time for the gospel. Every time you watch them, you read the things people say, you're like, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. And the only reason we know it is because God is the only one, the only God, the only deity that would flip that into a thing called love. I'm looking at people today, I'm reading these things, and I'm saying, I'm looking at Christians. You know, Jesus said when he came, he said, toward the end, he said, the love of many will grow cold. And he said that. He said, the love of many, and we're seeing that. The hostility of, we're talking about our countrymen. We're talking about our neighbor, the love thy neighbor people, talking about love thy neighbor my way. Love my neighbor destructively, hostily, hatefully. When you think about all of that, I want you to understand we don't understand love at all because love is the institution of the creator installed in our heart to make sure we don't self-destruct and destroy each other. It is the number one preventative against destruction. It really is. 
God created love to, to come out and be the alternative to even his righteousness and his justice, traveling over that bridge called mercy, traveling over that bridge called compassion. The love of God constrains me. You can understand this unrestrained mayhem we're living right now, you can understand. They can talk about God all day long, but I'm here to tell you, these people here, this is hostile. This, and the reason folks are fighting because a hostile takeover was planned and thwarted, and they're angry with God and anything that has the sense of Jesus Christ on it. <laughs> you get the point. So this here battle is not politics. Because people have no reason to behave this poorly for an after, this long after a lecture. This is something entirely different. This is a hostile thing. This is hateful. I mean, you're talking about, and I, we don't even want, every time I talk to God about it, you know, God keeps saying pubescent. I said, huh? He said pubescent. He said, these people, adults are acting the worst than their teenagers in school. Pubescent. You know, when you're in school, the kid gets put out of class for mocking, and now we pay some, some telephone, television celebrity millions of dollars to do the exact same thing. What we trained out of them, now we're putting back in them as adults. So that was just a hiatus. A kid got put out of class for breaking windows and breaking glasses and tearing up things. And, and kids do it by nature. So if kids do it by nature, then that means that nature has never, ever been addressed in all that we see today. Because there is nothing that will restrain the, the harshness and the brutality and the, the destructiveness of man but the love of God. And we need the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. You keep telling us, they keep telling us Christians we're supposed to love our neighbors, and I'm thinking, so you, we're supposed to love our neighbors and you're supposed to slaughter yours? Because what are we talking about here? Either love, love thy neighbor is everywhere or nowhere. But you can't, we, we don't need to pick, cherry pick it unless, of course, we don't really mean it. Because the love of God is very clearly defined in Scripture. And we're not, trust me, when it comes down to it, everybody needs love. Because love is the only thing that keeps humans from self-destructing and destroying others. There is no other, and it's not emotion. It, you know, we think of it as just an emotion. Love is, love, emotion means it moves. It moves you to do something. Love is a facility that you are that uses your your affections or your your heart as opposed to your head to move you to action. And love and action is a different kind of thing. One of the things we haven't seen, and I think I feel so bad for the children of this generation to see adults behave so poorly and to know that when they get older, they're going to have videos of their mom and their dad, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, literally memories of, of them frosting at the mouth and foaming in wrath over what? Because today... All of that doesn't get swept away under the rug. It gets filed in cyberspace. And it's always there. It never goes away. And the footprint you leave for your kids is the hatefulness that you put on Facebook and the hatefulness that you wrote and the hatefulness that you did over nothing. And you, yet, and these kids, this is our model. Think about the model of, of, that, that we have going on today. I've never seen such. 
These people, that's why you know it's not God. You know. See, I know it's the devil. I know as well as I know anything is Satan because his history is that. His history is that. One thing he's not known for is love. One thing, another thing he's not known for is peace. He's not known for any of those things because those things are how he was created when he was the anointed cherub. But those are the things he abandoned when he wanted to go his own way. And he abandoned them by becoming the 100% antithesis of his maker and his maker's world. He reinvented himself. And he reinvented himself. That's what he said. When you read John 8.44, you know, saints don't read that like they used to. But when you read John, he said, you are of your father, the devil. He sinned from the beginning. He's a murderer. Now think about that. Did did you ever ask? I'm going to ask. Have you ever asked who Satan murdered? God calls him a murderer. He calls him a sinner. He calls him a liar. Who did he lie to? Now, this is Jesus talking. So we never even go to, who did he murder? Do you know most of the revelation I got on him was that one phrase? But God, who did he murder? Because in our mind, only earthly people can be murdered. So who did he murder? And you don't know until you continue digging into the scriptures what we're talking about. Because we we go back to Cain. Well, Cain committed the first murder in history, right, we would say. But John reveals Cain as the son of the wicked one who inspired murder. So he was a murderer before Cain was killed anybody, before Cain was born. So who did he murder? That is why, you ever notice that most of the shows today are about murder? We got murder, killing, slaughter, murder, killing, slaughter, mayhem. You got it in Hollywood. You got it in the movies. You got it on, on audio. You got it in video games. You got murder everywhere. That's how he reinvented himself. He found a way to take out the life of others by first getting it out of himself. He found a way to take the creator's life out of others by first getting it out of himself. Huh. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Are you all flowing with me? I feel a little, I, I slept well last night, so I thought I'd give a little depth today. I slept really good last night. That's rest. But think about it. Think about it, because you have to see things differently. We are not going to be the solution if we don't understand the problem. So Jesus said, you know, you are of your father, the death, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a sinner and a murderer from the beginning. This guy, I mean, how can Jesus say that? You don't even understand it. And he says when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. Because he was a sinner from the beginning, and he was what the father of it. So he fathered something, meaning he reinvented himself. And he reinvented himself by making, by becoming a complete antithesis of what his maker did, how his maker's world worked. 
So if he was a murderer from the beginning, if he was a sinner and a liar, huh, and murder is malice, malice that has gone to it, that completely fulfilled itself by destroying or removing the object of its malice. So if murder is malice, and think about this, think about it. What we're living today, you don't have to wonder whether or not it's Christian because God is love. But love is not just a, 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 a sensual icky, uh, or, or icky emotion. Love doesn't weaken, it strengthens. That's the whole thing. That's why love is a power. It strengthens. It strengthens convictions. It strengthens decisions. It strengthens resolve. It strengthens purpose. Love strengthens. But it's also intelligent. It instructs. So it strengthens, and then it instructs you. It instructs you in the way of preservation, in the way of, of, of um, construction and positivity. So God didn't leave it to our head to be the judge. He began with our hearts because in his own realm, he realized that the first thing I have to do is have, have prevention. You realize love is a preservative? Love, will, love is a preventative. It will preserve you from destroying yourself and prevent you from destroying others. God is love. It's not a warm fuzzy. Love has various tools and resources and instruments in its toolbox. It, ha- it has emotion. It has sentiment. But fundamentally, it is a facility, affection. It is access to a facility that causes you to bring the best out of the worst, to pursue the best instead of the worst, to see others should be seen or as they would be seen if hate didn't exist. If hate didn't exist, you would see everybody differently. If hostility didn't exist, you would treat people differently. If meanness didn't exist, you realize that, I mean, look at our, look at our media that is mean. I mean, these are the meanest things. I've, the, can you imagine we have institutional meanness? Hatred. See, we don't call it that, but it is. This is mean. These are mean folk, hateful, juvenile, pubescent. Adolescents, everything but mature. They may be adults, but they're not mature. And there's a difference between being an adult and being mature. We have to grow up. This is childishness at its peak. At its peak. And you think about it. It has a public platform. It has access to the public to spread that venom everywhere it goes. It doesn't have to worry about truth. It doesn't have to worry about right, wrong, anything. Where do you find that originating? Not in Christ. Not in Christ. So if if it's not the spirit of Christ, then where is it? And we got Christians jumping on this bandwagon as if you forgot you got Jesus on the inside. Jumping in. I mean, me, I'm telling you, that's how come we know that there are a lot of antichrist Christians in the pew. A lot of antichrist Christians. Don't even, I mean, we can't start at the man's fundament. God chose love because it worked for him. He created love to restrain all 
of his harshness, his sternness, etc. He gave himself a reason to overlook and forgive those that didn't live up to his standard, didn't live up to his righteousness, couldn't. Love was step one to him renovating those that he made so that they can become as he is in this world. And without love, righteousness will slaughter the planet. Without love, judgment will tear us apart. Without love, vengeance would literally annihilate the earth. Without love. You have to understand, God chose love to restrain himself, restrain himself to constrain his righteous indignation, to constrain his ire, to temper his reactions to the endless stream of maliciousness that comes out of the planet. God chose love, and he used love as a foresight. He used love as insight, and he used love as hindsight. He used love as hindsight by remembering why he came into existence and why he brought love, make love the supreme thing. Because love can temper even the most hostile, hateful environment. He used love as insight by remembering that we are but flesh. John chapter 3 said Jesus knew what what was in man and committed himself to no one. He knew what was in humanity. So he did not commit himself to what was in us. He committed himself to God. And he used love as foresight. He was able to say, when I put my love in them, they're going to be a better product and a better model. People often wonder why love is so important, because you think love is a feeling. There are times that you you don't feel love for the person that you say you will love forever. But but yet, yet that it has become a facility and a faculty that you draw on, that faculty for you to render softer reactions and softer responses to all of those kinds of disturbing things they do, and a facility that you draw on to counteract it and to countermand it, to restrain yourself, to make the best decisions in the worst situation, to hold on. The reason the divorce rate is crazy is because you never love those person, you, people you marry. You never love them. That's why you're divorced today. You never loved them, and they never loved you. Well, I loved him with all my heart. Yeah, but you didn't love him enough to realize he didn't love you back because love is not blind. God's love is not blind. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You, you were in love with you. You were in love with marriage. You were in love with that relationship. You were in love with the dates. You were in love with the, 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 the nights out, the holiday celebrations. You were in love with the sex, but you were not in love with the person because if you were in love with the person, you wouldn't have married somebody who was doomed to fail you and have to live with that failure. Love does no harm to its neighbor. So, no, you didn't love him. You like the idea of being married. You didn't want to be single any longer. You didn't want to be alone. You need somebody to pay your bills. You wanted a Christmas date. Every year, guaranteed Christmas date, guaranteed Valentine's Day date, holiday love. But you didn't love the person because when you really love a person, you see them as they are and love them for what you see. And when you love them for what you see, that that faculty part, that facility part kicks in, and it says, you know what? I love you dearly, but I know I will do you no good. I can't change you into what I wish you were, 
I can't alter you. I can't transform you. I cannot make you love me with a maturity you don't have. So the worst thing I can do is yoke up with you and, and literally shipwreck both of our lives and prevent us from connecting with the people that God really has for us in the future. Now, that's pre-marital counseling. See, some of you all knew you shouldn't marry those people. You knew you loved them more than they loved you. And you know what you said? That's all right. My love is enough. No, it's, it's enough for the moment. It's not enough for a lifetime. Because a, a lifetime of abuse or when the euphoria is gone, because we always kind of back on that euphoria, when the euphoria is gone, all of the ardor is cooled down, you have to deal, find out if your facility can handle the decision you made based on love. You have to explore your faculties, your love faculties, and see if, in fact, they are, were wise in their instruction of you. Some of you all, you're divorced because you did not want you didn't really love those people. You didn't want to be alone. You didn't want people, now I have somebody to take to Thanksgiving dinner with the family. Now I have somebody to take home for Christmas with the family. That's what you wanted. You didn't want, you didn't want to be a spouse. You didn't want to change. They didn't want to change. You just wanted somebody to take the stigma of the traditional worldview of, of, of unmarried life off of you. So you, you medicated your discomfort with a bad marriage. That's what you did. You have to admit that because if not, you keep doing it. You keep doing it because you don't love yourself. You keep trying to find people who will plug the, the love voice in your own soul. You've got these gaps in your self-love, and you keep marrying people to think they're going to plug those gaps. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. The first thing we want to do to handle the divorce weight is stop making marriage a celebratory institution. It is not. It's sullied. It's battered. It's tattered. It's vile. It's unclean. It's tainted. It's impure. It has now become a, a club, an instrument, a hypodermic, a syringe. So if you want, you want to feel good and to know how to marry the right person, stop trying to marry your problems or stop trying to marry your solutions because neither one of you come from that institution. God joins strength to strength. God joins, you know, like for like, power to power. He, marriage is supposed to intensify. Hallelujah. Not uh, intensify your assets, not gloss over your deficits. Because the minute all of the fanfare is gone and you're sitting home, and you'll know when you married the wrong person because when all the fanfare is gone and all the flames are gone and, you, you know, now we're getting down to the business of life, you look at that person and say, I really don't like you. And it's at that moment you try to talk yourself into liking your bad mistake. But it's also at that moment you put a death knell in your marriage. You know, I really don't like you. You start picking at how they eat. Start picking at how they sit. You don't like how they say this word. You don't like how they say that word. I don't like how they act in public. You talk over them. You wish they'd be solid, silent around friends. You had the, all of that existed, but it did not have your determination to treat your issues. Hallelujah, to expose them. And once you treated your issues called matrimony, you then began to see what decision you actually made. It's like you, now I'm going to open this box. Now I'm going to look and see what this is really made of. Now I'm going to see what I really brought home. 
Are y'all with me? See, that's why you got divorced. You got divorced because you should have never been married. Because even bad marriages that are destined don't don't divorce. Weak marriages that are destined put together by don't divorce. You got that. You you both you shouldn't have gotten married. And most of you are and on your way to divorce. And yeah, well you know my mother told me. Well my pastor told me. Well my sister said. Well nobody really ever liked her. Well you know she always was difficult. Well all my friends said she was an evil woman. Yeah you heard all of that. But you 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 literally bypassed that. Because you lacquered it with false love and affection. And you married what you lacquered. And that glossed over you. It's all glossy and whatever. And from that moment on, you began the horrible, uncomfortable process of talking yourself into believing it was the right decision and you just need time. It might have been the right decision for a momentary situation but it was not the right lifetime decision. It was a decision doomed to fail. Most of you married failures, which is why your marriage failed. Well, you know, I can say that now because I had a birthday this week. You know, so, hey. But somebody has to help you because everybody is talking culture, and culture has, is wrapped up in other gods. So other deities are t- t- trying to make you feel good about it, telling you get back out there. You look at the dating sites, get back out there. Get back out there in what? What has not worked? Get back out there. Where is out there anyhow? What is out there? Nobody ever says, well, what's out there? What's, and what is out there? And so many of you love. You have no idea what love is because when you are really in love, you are resolved. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm telling you, this is a man who, who, who made this statement looking at us becoming our absolute ugliest, ugliest, ugliest worst, talking about, yeah, but I'm going to love it clean, I'm going to love it dirty, I'm going to love it right, and I'm going to love it wrong, I'm going to love it good, and I'm going to love it bad, I'm going to love it whole, and I'm going to love it sick, I'm going to love it big, I'm going to love it small, I'm going to love it strong, I'm going to love it weak, because love is what I have committed myself to, and I'm going to work with it every day that I can. You think about that. I want you to just think. Are you thinking? I want you to think on what I just said. You have never married somebody. We ended up, listen, we ended up being so cool about marriage, we changed those vows and said we were going to be there forever. We took till death do us part out because we weren't serious. We didn't intend to, to, to stay together. We intended to die. We couldn't avoid death, but we certainly weren't going to die if this wasn't working and, and, and what we thought we were going to get out of it, we didn't get. We took, that, we took out better for, for better or for worse. We're like, I'm going to love you for the better, and for the, when it gets worse, I'm out. We changed those vows because nobody planned to love someone into their well-being. Nobody planned to be there for someone through good times and bad times, um, happy times, sad times, rich, poor. We took all of that out. But those vows had a purpose. That purpose was that they emulated God's vow to us. You see, that vow was literally encapsulated. What God promised, I don't care how good you are, I don't care how bad you get, I don't care how hurt you are, I don't care how healed you are, I don't care if you're rich, and I don't care if you're poor, I don't care if you're healthy, I don't care if you're sick, I don't care if you rise to the top, I don't care if you fall to the bottom, I am God. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you, even unto the end of the age. I am never departing humanity, ever. I am never departing my sheep, ever. I am never violating my covenant. I am never abandoning you. You will never have abandonment issues from the Almighty. It will never happen. And God says, that is love. When you're laying down, and I mean you're at your way, you're an alcoholic, you're, you're laying in the gutter, you're vomiting, you're clothes thing, you smell horrible, everybody's walking by, spitting on you, treating you like trash, kicking you, but God says, I'm going to be here. I'm going to love you. You're sitting there shooting up drugs, snorting it in your arm, looking your worst. I mean, people are laughing at you. You are a joke, but God said, but I love you. You're sitting there. You have slept with 15 people, and one night you are vile. You're full of all of their putrid stuff, and God said, but I'm going to love you. You have lost everything you had. You are broke. You cannot even find the, the, the mind to say the word money, but God said, I'm going to love you. You have fallen out with everybody. Your mama has destroyed you. Your daddy has mutilated you. You got nothing to live for, but God said, I'm going to love you. They wonder why Christians cannot commit suicide comfortably. Real Christians will never commit suicide. Real Christians will never commit suicide because they got this thing called, I'm going to love you. I brought you in this world, and I will take you out. That's a different kind of thing. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't cross their minds because life can be so painful, but there is this still small voice, this Jesus on the inside that said, baby, it's worth it. Don't buy the lie. I got you covered. Uh-uh. Other deities said, get out. Satan always wants you to get out of the planet early so he doesn't have to work too hard to get you into hell when it's time. He can get you off and strike you off. Okay. Got that one. Mm, got that one. Mm, got that one. Mm, got that one. Everything is about getting you to kill yourself or self-destruct early, not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, but I'm waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Oh, I'm telling you, this is the gospel that we haven't heard. God loves you, but he doesn't love you because he sees you in your mess. He loved you before you became a mess. He loved you before you became. He had resolved that he brought you in this world, and he's taking you out when he's ready. He has resolved, resolved that all of the flaws in your character, all of the things your mother put in, your daddy put in, life put in, children, you name it, put in, family, job, career, all of that, he said, but none of that can break my covenant of love with you. None of it will weaken my thoughts on you. It will not weaken my affection for you. Yes, I will correct you. Yes, I will develop you. But you would correct it too. Many of us, we got documents on our computer that we done changed four, five, six, twenty-five times to get it just right. Purge, 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 purge. Why? Because we believed in the end product. Somebody hear me? We believed in the end product. And I'm telling you today by the Holy Ghost, God said, I believe in your end product. I believe that what I set out to do was a good work, and I'm going to finish my good work. I believe in you becoming my empire product. God said to tell you, I believe in you fulfilling my vision for you. I believe in you, said the Holy Ghost, which is why I could say, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even until the end of the age. Anybody hearing me out there, are you all getting me? Because some of you all are all caught up in, I can't come back, you don't understand, I messed up. No, just get back on the wheel and let the potter finish working. Just jump back on the wheel. I'm getting back on the potter's wheel. 
My clay is broken. I'm gathering my pieces. I'm, I'm pulling up my little pieces. I got the, oh, yeah, there you go. And put them all together, scrape them up, and put them on that wheel and jump on that wheel and say, God, get busy. Come on, God, get busy. Finish that work that you've begun in me. I need you. He wanted to heal you. You know, some of you all are looking for a healing word. This is your healing word. I promise. The reason that you cannot believe that God will love you like that is because you have not been able to love anybody like that. You shouldn't marry anybody that you don't believe in. You shouldn't marry anybody whose end product you don't believe in. You shouldn't, you shouldn't date anybody who you don't believe in. Why are you wasting your time, frittering your emotions over nothing? But God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will, you will give up on God long before God gives up on you. You will literally give up. I mean, that's what Christians are today. Hallelujah. Give up on God. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, come on, King Jesus. He said, I will never leave you. I am with you. God says to tell you, I want you to, to all of you who are listening to me right now, I want you to get your Bible or get your phone and put it in your phone. I want you to write this word down because this is the word of the Lord to you today. God said, I believe in my finished product in you. I believe in you as my finished product. You got to write it, people. When you go home, put it up on your mirror. God believes in what he will complete. He doesn't believe in your weaknesses. God believes in your strengths. He doesn't believe in your failures. He believes in your successes. God does not believe in your deficits. He believes in your access. Hallelujah. God doesn't believe in your confusion, all of that delusion, all of that doubt, all of that misconstruction. God doesn't believe in that. God believes in the treasures and the equipment and the ingredients and the formula and the resources he put in you to bring you to his expected end, to bring you to his final project. God believes in that. God believes you are going to make it. God believes you're going to stand up and be counted for. He believes you're going to fight the good fight and finish it. God believes that in you, which is why he vowed before you were made that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He vowed that he would never abandon you. God's not going to quit on you. You'll quit on him first. He will not because God believes in God's handiwork. God believes in God's skill. God believes in God's experience. God believes in God's expertise. And God believes in his love for you. And you need to know that you are precious in his sight. There's not a person on this planet that God cannot work with. Not one. Now, there are some that he decides, you know, they don't want it or whatever, because God's only requirement is that you want him, that you want him in your life more than you want the failure you're pursuing, more than you want the destruction you're chasing. When you come to a point that you want God in your life more than you want your failures, more than you want your fears, more than you want your destructions, when you, when you get caught up in that, when you have made up your mind, I want the Lord, I want life. Because some of you don't know it's God. Some of you all just like, yeah, well, that's just church or she's just a preacher. But one thing everybody wants is life. Even the person who thinks they don't want to live, they actually don't want to die. They just want a better life, but they feel trapped and incapable of making it better. So they buy out. They cash out. 
but you, everybody wants life. And God said, I am life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. We don't preach that any longer. We, we used to. I still do. I never stop. But then I am a scripturally organic Christian, culturally unmodified. And so as we begin to, you know, we're going to chat with Prophet Ash, I felt like you needed that today. Some of you all needed that. And I know some of you will pull this down and you will play it. If you, I encourage all of you to, to pass this on to everybody you know, your son, your daughter, your sisters, your brothers, your aunts, your uncles, your job, your boss, if you have a relationship with them, and your friends and, and your, your, your coworkers, your peers and your colleagues. You need to pass it on because people need to think differently about Christ. And that's what we do. You need to think differently about Christ. And the first different way you need to think about him is to think biblically. Because we think so culturally about him, we forgot to think biblically. Prophet Ashley, are you going to make it? You know, my girl is almost back. <laughs> we got the almost back, Prophet Ashley. Almost. Uh, yeah, this is great. <clears throat> One of the things I want everyone to know is we're running a sale for the on your um, teaching site, which they can get to from drpaulaprice.com. Click on the Teach Me tab. 20% off all of your webinars, all of your courses, Ooh. just through this weekend. That's it, just a weekend sale. Just this weekend sale, 20%. And I want to encourage everyone to go and purchase your webinars on marriage and dating. Yes. When you were speaking today about that, <clears throat> excuse me, and how I love the statement you said you medicated discomfort with a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. When you think of all the reasons people do ultimately talk themselves into getting married, mm-hmm. a lot of it does have to do with family pressure, social image, mm-hmm. stigmas that they feel they have because <clears throat> they're not married, that kind of thing. But today was powerful. Somebody posted on your Periscope. They were told they couldn't fulfill their destiny because of a mistake they made in their youth. Oh, and you brought deliverance with your statement on um, God's love. Mm-hmm. And truly, hearing this today, the love of God, not emotional. Mm-hmm. When we say love, we think sappy, we think whatever. But when you were talking about love being the reason we don't destroy ourselves mm-hmm. or each other, and how we have all this hate going on in the country, and in the world, in those late night shows, I mean, the things, even if we're talking about the first family, the mm-hmm. things people are saying unprecedented. There was a time when there was such a, a dignity about how you did or did not just address people mm-hmm. in a certain position, mm-hmm. whether you liked them or not. These presidents have been disliked all over the place, every single one. There are people who hate them. Um, and now, but having that hatred, and a lot of these parents, Thing. They are modeling the right thing mm-hmm. for their children. Hatred. It's hatred. Yep. It's destructive. You're right. It's hatred.
Um, let me see. I am getting off the floor. Right now, and Dr. Price, you are teaching some kind of good. Mm, mm, mm. This is a necessary word for the body. It was. And we're gonna, we are gonna pass this around. It has to go around. And, 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 and we're, I'm gonna boost it on the on the on Facebook because I really believe that the world needs to know. First of all, we have so confused liberty with hostility. We think that these people are exercising their free speech. No, these are hostile people. And if they weren't doing it against the president and the first family, but they were doing it against our nation, we would have called them terrorists. This, what we're living in is literally American terrorism against America. This is a, these are terrorist statements. They are terrible. Hallelujah. And they are hostile. And we have forgotten that. Hatred. These same people are, are judging us for hatred. And I'm like, but if you just look at what you're doing, the vileness is coming out of your mouth. These people are paid to be vile. You've got to know it's Satan's time. But that's why God did what he did. I'm telling you, God knew even when we didn't know what was in people. When these people come out of this particular mania, because this is a maniacal spirit. It's maniacal. It really is. When we come out of this mania, and people go back and look at themselves, they are going to be so ashamed that they were literally that vile. They're going to look around and say, oh, my God, it'd be like Paul, but I killed Christians. I'm thinking that they, because of free speech, this is the media who has literally shown us, that by their example, how damaging, unrestrained, and unmodified, uh, regulated street free speech is. You can, you can literally hurt somebody. You can lie, and it's free because of our country. No, this is a devil. It is a devil, plain and simple. And I'm telling you that these people manipulating this covenant with Satan, and they didn't deliver on him before him the way they thought they would because the Most High stepped in like he's done so many times. He stepped in and thwarted their plans, and they are having a tantrum. I'm telling you, this is a satanic tantrum. And we need to stop calling it free speech. We need to stop calling it outspokenness. We need to stop calling it that a disagreement with, our, with the politics. This is not political. This is satanic. And somewhere, somehow, these people fail Satan, and he is forcing them to make sure that God doesn't enjoy his win because of what he's always done. He always does it. And these people have, I'm telling you, and the folks that are in the street, they're just in the street on, on, and you, on their own flank, on just the emotional, the mob mentality. But it's being manipulated and contrived by somebody. I'm telling you, this president broke a deal that somebody brokered against our country. And God overrode it because it wasn't him. It was God. God overrode a deal that was broken by Satan. And these people are hot about it. That's why they can't stop. That's why they can't let it go. That's why they keep trying to find another way. So their latest tactic is we may not have been able to stop them, but we're going to make sure that they don't enjoy it. But I will tell you the hand of the Lord has just come down. And I will tell you this thing will stop if I'm who I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am. This thing is going to come to a very, very sorrowful end for our country. And it will not end our country. But it will end the mayhem. This mania, this is mania. You have to understand, this is maniacal. When you look at this is maniacal, we've forgotten those words. But this is outright, look it up, this is maniacal. 
and it's diabolical. And you need to look up those two words, maniacal and diabolical. This is a diabolical tantrum. Devils are having tantrums because Satan is kicking their behind for failing. This is maniacal. This is diabolical. And we need to stop thinking it's political because the last thing it is is political. The trophy, the trophy may be our country. Hallelujah. The tool may be politics, but this here is diabolical. And we need to look at it for what it is because as long as we think it's free speech, as long as we think it's the independence of whatever, as long as we think it's the, the media that you can't touch, we don't realize it. Diabolical. Diabolical. I'm telling you, and I'm going to say this because I looked it up. You know, me and the research girl, I looked it up, and I looked up, and I'm ta- you can look it up yourself. Uh, uh, the majority of the media, the, the, the literally media outlets of our country belong to one man. That's why it's diabolical. That's why they're all saying the same thing. I'm not even going to tell you. Who, you look it up. One man, look it up. The media is not operating on free speech. They're operating on a diabolical paycheck. You look it up. Look it up. And this man, I have the data. This man literally bought the majority of the news outlets, which is what President Trump knows, and redefined good good journalism, redefined the Pulitzer Prize. That's why we see people who don't deserve it getting the Pulitzer Prize, because they are pawns and tools. You need to look at it. Read it, bump it up, and then the schools, so that these people have been nurtured and trained for this kind of media and this kind of journalism for all, for literally decades. Research it, people. Don't just look at that and say, "Well, it is." No, no. Research it because I, why, Dr. Price, why are you telling that? Because there are global intercessors and there are national intercessors that need to know what to pray for. You you pray in the symptoms and not the source, and you and, and it doesn't work until you pray the source. When you start praying the source, you're going to get into diabolical. You need to read it. Look it up. The media is not operating as, as, as um, uh, you know, uh, convicted institutions. They're not. They are, they're operating on a plan, and you need to read it. Go look it up, and when you do, just say, Dr. Price, here, uh, this is what I found. And I'm telling you, when you go into the, the floodgates of why they, beha- they are behaving the way they're behaving and why this president treats them the way he does will become will open and gush out. I'm telling you, because, see, we're so, so quick to buy the lie because we keep buying the fragrance and not the, the uh, perfume. We buy the fragrance, we buy the sizzle, we buy the whiff, we buy the, the, the outcome, we buy the effect, and we don't, don't ever go to the source, but go and look it up. When you look it up, I promise you, you will never see the media the same way again. Because I'm telling you, when I realized, I said, oh, so this is, these are, used to be a bunch of individual private institutions holding their own views, or being, you know, putting together, packaging something for the public, oh, it's not that any longer. And that is why you see this president who is committed to Jesus Christ, because nobody hates Jesus the way we see hatred move like Satan. There's not one, not, he, is, he was built for that. The minute he reinvented himself, he built himself to become that vile antagonist against the Lord Almighty. And if you read Daniel 7, it's there. We might talk about it tonight on Prophetic Ed. It's there. 
So go do your homework, saints. Do not be apostolic, prophetic Christians who just are swept away. Don't be a swept away one. Don't, get, don't be a caught up in the crowd. Don't be caught up in the rush. Don't be a part of the herd. Be different. When you're different, then you get discernment. That's what different means. Then you get discernment. Prophet Ashley, anything else before we go to Prophet Adir? Or you want to share some things? Look at you, smile. Oh, yeah, just amen. A lot of people know what you're talking about is there is a reason he called it himself as fake news. Uh-huh, exactly. He knows. Because, and they did, uh, when I was listening, this was not too long after uh, his inauguration, how in a span of three days, this is an example because I can't mm-hmm. remember the numbers, but it was something like 22 out of 25 stories were wrong. Were wrong. Mm-hmm. Blatantly wrong. Facts, statistics, statements, misquotes that had circulated all over the place, mm-hmm. not true. Exactly. But that's why he's establishing his own, his, yes. his own media source and outlet, because he has to. Because he knows, he's, see, he's not fighting America. He knows he's not fighting America. But they don't know that they're not fighting a president. See, that's the difference between the two. They don't know that they're not fighting a president. They think they're fighting a president. They think they're fighting a political leader or politics, but they're not. They're not fighting at all. They're the gun. They're not the shooters. And so we need to figure out, you know, we have to start praying. So when I do things like this, and, and those of you who know, post it on my site. Post, I want to know, and the people want to know. People go back and read it. Let me know what you find out from your resource, research. Because fake always has a, 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 a founder. And the founder of fake, we know, John 844 told us. The fake is another word for lie. Anything else? You done? Did yeah. you want to give another commercial? Okay, so we're going to go to Prophet, Prophet oh, poor Prophet Adir. We did it to her again. <laughs> hey, Prophet Adir. <laughs> I'm all right over here. This is good. This is good today. You are teaching. You are teaching. You are training. You are revealing. Um, I, I, I think that so many things were powerful. I really, Prophet Ashley picked up on on some of the things that I was going to pull out as well. Um, But I think that you just helped drive home for us today, Um, you know, aside from the, the, the political aspect of what you were talking about, which people really do need to research that out, you know, because now you can't really buy into anything that you're seeing. Um, So I think that you're, you, you have made uh, some very, very significant points there by, by exposing what's really going on. Um, But all in all, I would just say, I love the, the aspect of, you know, God's definition of love not being ours. And I believe you set a lot of souls free today. Um, I'm going to say thank you for everyone because I know that everyone can't get on and say, you know, thank you for really uh, going to the core of where some of our issues are relationally. We are um, quite dysfunctional and we need that healing in our view of relationships and our view of love and our view of all of those things uh, because of the number that culture has really done on us. Um, and so thank you for that. I, I really, I think I speak for everybody on the line today because we need more of that so that we can be healed and whole and actually move forward and do the things that God needs us to do. Amen. Well, I'm glad and thank you for your input and your, your feedback. We love it. Well, Periscope, we are leaving you. 
Yay. So, but guess what? You don't have to leave us. You can go over to Blog Talk Radio by now. I'm sure they put the number up. So call that number that you see floating around, and you can catch us on this next hour as we take your calls. If you want to be online for the call, push that number one. God bless you. Prophet Adia. All right, guys, while you are transitioning over, we want to welcome you to the Paul Price Show. We broadcast here on Thursday mornings from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch us online at blogtalkradio.com slash Show. blogtalkradio.com slash Show. You can RSS feed to the website so that you always are notified when a new episode is about to be broadcast. If you are an iTunes user, you can subscribe to the Paula Price Show on iTunes. Please do this for us. If you, if you have your podcast app on your iPad or your iPhone, subscribe to the Paula Price Show. And when you do, rate the show. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your reviews, and it also helps us to reach a new audience. So please do that for us. If you're an iTunes user, we encourage you and invite you to start listening to the Paula Price Show via your podcast app. All you have to do is look up Paula Price Show and click subscribe. As we are transitioning, we want to get to your calls during the second hour, so make sure you press number one so Dr. Price can get to your call. Again, press number one if you're just joining us on the line right now. Uh, if you do that, then we'll be able to uh, go ahead and try to get to your call today. So press number one if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price. Here's how you can reach her online all week. Join her on Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. If you're listening for the first time, you can follow her on Facebook. You can also follow Dr. Price on Twitter. Her Twitter, Twitter handle there is at Dr. Paula Price. Dr. Price broadcasts three times a week, Tuesday night, Thursday morning, and, to, and Thursday evening. So you can catch her live three times a week. Make sure you follow her on Periscope. If you don't have the Periscope app, make sure you tap into that. You don't know what you're missing. You've got to tap into Periscope. Download the Periscope app to your smartphone device and follow Dr. Price there on Periscope so that you can catch all of her live broadcasts. I also want you to know about Dr. Paula Price. TV. So that is also new. You can subscribe to Dr. Price's TV channel, uh, drpaulaprice.tv. Prophet Ashley will share with you guys a little bit more about how to subscribe, but it's only $19.99 a month, and you can subscribe to her TV channel so that you can get instant access to all kinds of videos and teachings from Dr. Paula Price. So it's a great price to be able to get access to her full library of teachings. Uh, most all of them are video teachings. And so we encourage you to subscribe there, $19.99 a month. And don't forget to take advantage of the webinar teachings that are on sale at Dr. Price's Omni Executive Training website, which you can get to right there on drpaulaaprice.com. So click on that. When you click on webinars or view all webinars, you'll be able to see all that is on sale right now. I believe there's like a 20% off sale going on. So check that out, drpaulaaprice.com. Last but certainly not least, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute is coming up. It will be here before we know it. It's happening in June. The dates are the 21st through the 24th, the 21st through the 24th. Wednesday, we kick off around 3 o'clock p.m. We now have a schedule up online at drpaulaaprice.com. It's an abbreviated schedule, so we'll add to it as we can. But right now you'll be able to go online and see the times so that you know how to make your reservations. All of the ticket options are available online. Buy one, get one is going through the 25th of March. Buy one, get one. Uh, if you buy one ticket for 
price of seventy, you can get the other price for the the other ticket for the price of seventy. So it's essentially hundred and forty dollars for two people to attend. It is a great, great deal. Take advantage of buy one, get one. It's happening right now online, drpaulaprice.com, as well as our group rates. And we will have we have a special teen rate this time because we want these prophetic teens to be with us at this event. So if you're listening on the line and you have a prophetic teen at home, we want them to come. We want them to be a part. So there's a special teen rate, and you can see the information online about that as well. So don't miss out on the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, June 21st through the 24th. Now available is the buy one, get one deal. And you can also do the early bird if you're just going on your own. The buy one, get one requires that two tickets be purchased. But if you're just going on your own, early bird is also available for only 99 So take advantage of these deals, and we will see you right here with us in Tulsa, the 21st, the 24th, for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. We want to get to your call. So I'm going to turn it back over to Prophet Ashley right now. Don't forget, press that number one if you want to talk to Dr. Price. And again, thank you for listening to The Paul Price Show. Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right. Thank you, Prophet Adia. And we'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom-designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. 
Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They are your pillars, your founders, your ground. They are your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team, stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up or fortify it if it's already in existence and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. All right, and we are back for the second hour of power on the Paula Price Show. If you want Dr. Price to pray with you personally, prophesy, speak into your life, go ahead and press that number one. There are still slots available. Can you believe it? Sometimes it actually happens, Dr. Price. I know. Isn't that wonderful? And there they go. So it won't be for too much longer. But go ahead and press that one for your opportunity to connect with Dr. Price. Yes, and I love it when you connect with us, and, and I love to get the opportunity to hear you. And if you have some feedback 
on today. I would love to hear some of your commentary, some of your thoughts on today's extra training. So include that in your uh, your call or your request. Okay, Ashley, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. They're ready. All right, we have Denise from Alabama, and she is calling because she needs direction in finding a church home. Denise from Alabama, welcome to the Paula Price Show. How are you doing? I'm I am fine, Denise. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I love the uh, the teaching the teaching you had today. I'm can glad. What what was it? Yeah, I can hear you. What got what spoke to you most of all, Denise? Uh, what you talked about about the anger and the hatred that's in the um everybody's giving out nowadays. It's just like if you just driving in the car, people just have sudden road rage and you going in the store, they're getting mad with the um employees there, it's just automatic and how you spoke and brought out how it's just uh being brought out in the airways and the media and how it's been uh, such a diabolical situation and how the people are really being pawns in the uh, enemy's hand and how you encourage us that uh, how God is love and how God is not going to allow this to continue to happen and how you even brought that, how, how you even brought out how God is love into the purpose of marriage. So all three parts that you covered today uh, really spoke to me and how you spoke out uh, to write down, I believe in your finished product and me, just encouraging ourselves to keep on in our purpose with the Lord. Excellent. That was a very good review, Denise. You are a good listener, huh? <laughs> well, you give out some good information. I uh, It confirms a lot of things that's going on where I live, and, and you just bring it out in the uh, you know, more of an apostolic way so I can know that, you know, I'm not alone with these thoughts that the Lord uh, gives to me. Amen. Oh, well, that's great. Glad to hear it. Now, speaking of your thoughts, you say you are looking for some direction in finding a church in your area. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Yes, I had uh, recently got a divorce last year, and I had left uh, that church uh, because of, you know, because that's where we were when we were married. And um, also, I had been looking for a church that teach the apostolic doctrine, so it's been kind of hard to try to find a church home. I've been visiting with one church, but um, his teaching is not on the same level as the pastor I left. And so I'm just like I've been going to going to church because I don't want to stop going. I'm just trying to find someone that somewhere that would be good for me. Okay, well let me ask you this, Denise. Did you have a, a reasonably good relationship with that pastor? That you oh, uh, I I did. He had he had he had, he was teaching about the fivefold ministry and. He was had set up the fivefold at the church, and all of a sudden he just stopped with the fivefold ministry and uh, wanted to go back to like a more of like a Baptist type of um, curriculum. And um, it was just we, everybody. Some people was like kind of wondering what happened. 
Yeah. Well, you know, when you have situations like that, it, was he a Baptist? I mean, is he a Baptist church? It was, but he had changed it the past, uh, I think, about seven years. He had started teaching the apostolic doctrine, and he had answered his uh, call as an apostle. But all of a sudden, he wanted us to start calling him senior pastor again. Well, you know, that's, it's interesting, Denise, that you would share that with us because that is not uncommon. And here's why I say God does call people to be apostles and all of those kinds of things, but often they get those callings awakened because of a convention, an event, or something like that. What happens from that is that they come in and they are inspired, okay, mm-hmm. not necessarily instilled or installed, just inspired. So they're inspired, they're enthusiastic, they go and buy all of the literature they can buy, et cetera, on and on and on. And they do that because they're responding to God's call on their life, not necessarily their commission. So they get started and they do it, and they just, before the pastor even finds out how it's going to work, they just dump it on their people. And then the people start going through. Well, apostleship will always try you before it elevates you. You think about the the apostles. The first thing they do, they go and, you know, speak to a man, uh, what is that, Peter and and John, I want to say. They speak to a guy, make him heal. Now, that should have made the media. That should have been the news circuit. Instead, it it got him in jail, all right? right? Jesus come to do what he's doing. They try to kill him on every turn. Because apostleship is a different type of calling in a different office. And the reason I say that to you is because nine times out of ten, your pastor started facing the pushback, that backflack or, or just using the word, and decided, okay, this is not it. Now, that could have come from his denomination, could come from his colleagues and his peers, could come from his leaders, his funders, his backers, whatever the enemy could use, he would use to cause people to back out of the office because of who apostles are to Jesus Christ and because of what those that endure to the end actually achieve for him. So that's one of the reasons why he backed out of it, because he probably shouldn't have gotten in it that quickly, and he mm-hmm. probably should have kind of phased in instead of just dumped it on the people, kind of phased it in. I always have a particular process of um, that I encourage all of the apostles that I meet who are transitioning. I have a particular program that I lay out for them so that it doesn't shock them. But in any event, getting back to you, and the reason I answered that is because I figured if you brought that up, then there are people who are listening who could benefit from that insight. Uh, because that's what happens. And, you know, you know, God said, you know, you put your hand to the plow and turn back, you're not fit for the kingdom because God wow. needs people who will take it through the end. But in his case, I would venture to say he jumped on the bandwagon enthusiastically and, and then was not involved enough with anyone else to coach him and mentor him through that transition. And so we dump it on the church. The church, you know, like you do with babies, the church reacts. And, you know, when you start looking at your work suffering as a result of your obedience to this call, if indeed it is your call, then many people just abandon it. I've heard, I've heard people say to this, oh, no, that message is not for me. I can't do it. They don't work for me. Oh, no, people don't respond to me when I do it. And that is because God makes you pay your dues to be able to become persuasive as an apostle. So now let's right. talk about mm-hmm. you. <laughs> let's talk about where you're going to go. What type of churches are in your area? Do you know? Have you, you know, kind of connected with anybody who can tell you? 
Well, I was kind of like hesitant and going out visiting different churches because, you know, like you, I don't want to pick up any bad spirits or people wanting me to join a church when I really don't want to join. You know, that might not be the place for me. Just, I, I had just been visiting just one little church. Okay, but let I me tell you this. Been out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to encourage you to go and visit churches, um, particularly the apostolic churches, because God leads his people. And, I mean, he doesn't just, we want God to just, um, you know, to just um, instruct us or command us, if you will. But um, he he leads his people. So you won't know until you go where he wants you to lead, wants you to go. And along the way, here's the beautiful thing about why God does that. And I can say this to you, Denise, because you're a very strong woman in the Lord. You are pretty much convinced your mind is made up on what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. That's who you are, which is a good thing for God. But let me give you this piece of uh, wisdom. Yes. When you've been with the church for a long period of time, you have that church anointing. If God is sending you into another direction or a different direction, a newer thing or whatever, he's got to purge you first so you can fit in that new body. You know, it's kind of like if we were going to do an organ transplant. they got to clean that organ off, you know, and do a whole lot of things before they transplant that organ into the body, the new body. And so God has to do a lot. I often tell people God doesn't give you an immediate church in many cases simply because he has to get that old anointing off of you because you're going to go in looking for things to be similar to. You're going to go in wanting to be familiar. You might be a little bit judgmental. That's not how they did it where I left. Or you might be reluctant or fearful. And you could even have residual anger and resentment. So all of those emotions have got to be purged and and sanctified so that they're not even just sanctified, neutralized purged and neutralized for the new church he's going to put you in. Well, while you're visiting, you know, you might visit one church for three months, four months. That's fine for if that's what God has done, because when God wants to put you in a body, he often doesn't put you in the body here as planned for you right away. And because okay. he doesn't want you, you to miss out, but he also doesn't want that body to be inflicted on your past, especially if it's a small body. Now, typically, um, if it's a if it's a large congregation, it's not that much. You'll still wander, but you can wander into church. You know, in a large church, you can wander right around the halls. You can wander getting, going to the bathroom, but, you know, in a large church, and they're just pretty much going to let you go unless they're a very diligent church. But most of them, if they're very large, they, you know, if they don't have a, a real super staff, you can, sit, you can kind of float around in there for two or three years while God does the same work, purging, et cetera. So that's the first thing. If you go in with the mindset of what I just told you, then God will be able to expedite or accelerate that process in you. And so he could probably put you in the congregation uh, right away. The one thing I would encourage you while you're in this journey is that you connect with some sort of a prayer group, prayer team, something like that. At this point, I, um, I would encourage you to connect with one of our advisor prophets while you're in your journey, um, you know, because you've got a little bit of a wilderness going on here. So while you're mm-hmm. in your journey, you should connect with our, one of our prophets so that you can become one of our um, life advisement clients. That way you get prayer, you get covering, you get counsel, you can work through the purging and the shedding that has to happen. You can do all of that, and you don't have to do it alone. What I like about the program that we put together and what we've heard so much um, positive, positivity from 
with our clients is that you get so you're not alone. You can get a prophetic covering. In this life advisement, you can do it. You know, you can get somebody, you can sign up and say, I want a six-month program, I want a five-month program, I want a year-long program while I relocate myself in God and find myself in God. That way you're not a sheep without any kind of a covering, you're not vulnerable to being slaughtered, and you have some, uh, some spiritual companionship to walk you through this journey. So when we're done, you're going to go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and, and, and you're going to say, you know, I'm going to sign up. I want to sign up for life advisement. When you do, you're going to put in, when they ask you what it is, you know, uh, I'm in church transition. You put in church transition in that bottom section there. That part there will tell us that we're going to be that interim protection and coverage and support for you as you go from where you were to where you're going. So now when you start going okay. through the, the, all of the, that neutralization, you're not doing it alone. What comes with that if you sign up? I don't, I'm, they'll tell you better than I will. But when you sign up, is that you also can request an intercessor to help pray you through what just happened to you and what you want to become. Okay. That's, That's part of the program. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. You can't get the intercessor without the program, though, Denise, okay? So it's part of the program. Okay. All right? So That's you're not alone. How's that? How does that sound? Oh, that sounds great. And just sometimes you just feel alone, so that that would work for me. Yes, and you know what? The other the other side that I didn't mention that I always like to say in when you're looking for a home church, you have somebody to bounce it off. Okay, I went to this church. This is what I felt. Pray with me about this church. Give me what what the Lord is saying about that church. You don't have to do it alone, and that's why we have the life advisement program. Not everybody's called to be a prophet or ready to do that or answer that call right now. But honey, the body of Christ needs some help and some coaching and guidance along the way. And so our job is we're here for you to do that. So you have all of those assets waiting for you when you finish this call and go online to drpaulaprice.com and say, I want to sign up for life advisement. I am in church transition. And if you say, I'm looking for a church home, we know now how we're going to support you and direct you in that process. Okay? Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father God, Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are and what you're doing and how you're getting it done and all of those kinds of great things. Lord, I thank you for Denise. I thank you, first of all, that she is a a strong and solid and faithful woman of God. I'm, I'm appreciate that you are entrusting her and her transition into our care. That's a gift. That's a privilege. And so, Lord, as she enters into her life advisement, show us how to cover her, how to protect her, how to lead her and guide her, and also how to help her neutralize where those that garment that she had on and begin to prepare for the garment that you will put on her in her next church assignment. I ask you to bless her life. I ask you to prosper her life. And, Lord, I thank you for the communion that she's enjoying with you and the fellowship that she's had so far, blessing her. Lord, and letting her know that regardless of whether or not she has a church shepherd right now, hallelujah, she has the great shepherd. And so I thank Thank you, Lord, for tending to your sheep as you are doing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dr. Bryce. You're very welcome, Denise. God bless you. God bless you, too. Okay. Uh, Prophet Ashley. Yes, Dr. Bryce. I gotcha. Okay. All right. You sounded a little better. The prayer changed. 
<laughs> next caller. Okay, we have next on the line Lenise, not Denise, Lenise with an L from Michigan. And Lenise is calling because she too is looking for a church home and she's also carrying quite a bit of worry and stress about her family situation pertaining to serving God. Lenise from Michigan, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Amen. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Price. Hi, Lenise. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. I'm wonderful. I'm blessed. How are you? I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) You and your daughter are so awesome. I cannot believe right now that I am on this call. I'm like, I feel so tremendously blessed. Hello, callers. <laughs> but yes, but that's I, I, um, but that that's what um where I am right now. Um, it's really a really hard struggle. I I, I caught the tail end of the broadcast um today, um and but what I did catch it was it what the first caller was saying is so true. I experienced it even this morning with my own mother. She was just yelling because, you know, she's like, oh, I don't understand Trump. And I'm like, oh, my God. I said, no, it's not that. I don't put my tr- all my trust in man. It's like God says. It's like, this is what, you know, and it's just been a, a uphill battle for me with my family um, about God and um, just the things that I, I'm just starting to see is now since I um, just took this new journey with Christ, um, and I'm a new babe, and and I'm just so excited, and I can't see myself going back into the world. I, I just I don't fit in, and yeah. it's it's just you know, and and so the worry, and I know I'm like Lord, I'm not supposed to worry about these things. I just have to let you do what you do, your will, your way, not my own, and I have to pray this all the time. But it is really so hard for me, and I just want my family saved. I want my children saved, and. Oh God! So I'm just—I just want to know how to just really just let it go and just really just say, okay, God, you know, hey, do you? <laughs> You're the best at what you do, and I—I I just trust him. I love him so much, and you guys, you and your daughter are just a godsend. You guys are just amazing. Oh Lord, I just thank him for everything that he's done with you all, including Ashley. I love her. <laughs> Even though we only caught a glimpse of her a couple of times, but she's awesome. And um, so this is just pretty much like what I said, you know, where I am in my life and just trying to find um, a church home to, that's going to give me truth. I don't want to hear what they think in that emotional side of man. I, I just want God's truth. So, you know, I try to come home and study myself. And I just recently um, got your books. <laughs> Um, I think it was uh, the um, the Prophet's Dictionary and uh, the Garden. Uh, I'm sorry if I can't think of the name right off right off the. Yes, and I'm excited. I can't wait for it to come. I I keep checking the delivery status. Like, well, where are you tracking it? Because I just, you know, I I just, I just want to. Just I can't, I can't go back into the world again. I know that I want. I just, I just. Well, let me jump in because, you know, you're all excited. You know, I remember those days. Yeah. Let me jump in. You know, I wanted them to hear your enthusiasm because I love, I love the enthusiasm, especially when you're afraid. But I want to give you some good pointers 
The first thing I okay. want to tell you is that, you know, I have a whole slew of periscopes, which you probably know by now, that you can listen to over and over again. That's number one. If you want to see Prophet Ashton, she's on midnight every Friday night. She's at the midnight prayer cross. So she got a midnight prayer call. Oh. You can always catch her there. Isn't that wonderful? Every Friday night. It's only 30 minutes. Yes, I know. She's out there. You know, see, my fruit got to go out there and do something. And so um, hey, anyway, she's every Friday night, so you get a chance to see her and listen to her pray. People text her prayers, or I'm not texting, they Facebook her, inbox her prayers all week long, and so she prays for folk, and then she prays for however the nation, body of Christ, or whatever. You'll catch her then. Saying that, now moving on, I want you to, you heard what I said to the previous caller, you need to sign up for Life Advisement. I'm going to tell you, since you are a new babe, I would love to see you on a three-year life advisement track. That's about how long it's going to take for us to get Christ to go from being a seed to incubate into a form and then into a person in you because you, you, you face a lot of battles, and I remember those battles. So let me just tell you what my battles were. I got saved. I was a lot like you. I'm telling you, girl, I was enthusiastic, got up a, bit, a fire all over me, couldn't get enough Jesus. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. You know, fortunately for me, God said, you know, he kind of ran through my whole family, but not the way he did with me. And so the fiery, the, I mean, that fiery trial of trying to move out of the depth of the world into the, the, the fires of God and the glory of God, it was a battle. I was hit all the time, all the time on all sides. But here's what I did know. I knew that, like you, I, I, what had happened to me was genuine, and I was not willing to let it go, and I wasn't giving up. So I bathe myself in God's word. I bathe myself in quality instruction, and I did it because there was nothing like what I'm getting ready to offer you. That didn't exist. And even with all of that, the more God began to nurture me for himself, the more the the, the trials and the the salts, et cetera, kept increasing. So I know where you are. So I want to address two points right now. The first one is, you cannot make your salvation about your family or your family about your salvation. Those two have nothing to do with each other. Now, you're, they're going to have issues with you because that's what they do, and you cannot uh, uh, make that the stumbling stone for you because let's get real. If it was reversed, you would have issues with them not agreeing with what just happened to you. So that's the first thing I want to say. Secondly, you need to prove yourself and prove your God with longevity and stability and, and maturity. You have to prove this thing. This is something new for you, but let's get real. We can, God, Jesus has said, there's a reason why Jesus said he adores to the end. So you need to stop trying to give it to them and, and force it on them and let them see it work in you. You don't have to have Bible talks with them. I didn't. You don't have to share everything. Y'all just need to, you don't have to be judgmental, critical, or whatever. You're having a great time. Enjoy your time with the Lord Jesus Christ like a honeymoon. You know, you don't bring everybody on your honeymoon. Just, you, know, <laughs> you don't bring everybody. You know, it's just you and your, your, your new your spouse. And you and you are exploring each other. You're getting to know each other. When you're newlyweds, you don't have everybody in the house all the time, unless, of course, you have a dysfunctional family or marriage. But you, <laughs> this is about you and Christ right now. 
And that's what you need to stay focused on. This is about you and Jesus Christ. When God is ready to send you out, he will. Nobody sends babies out to work when they're first born except the church. People get born again, and we send them out to do tracks, and we send them out to do – we never train them. We never cover them. We never incubate them. We just throw them out and say, go tell what the Lord has done. No, no, no. That's not how this works because you're going to get slaughtered out there, and you're going to get so slaughtered you are going to quit Jesus Christ, and your testimony is going to be worse, and you're going to be a twofold child of sin. So that is sometimes, that's wow. just a bigger picture. So don't go out there acting like you're ready to save the world. It took Jesus 30 years of anonymity to save the world. 30 years. He's nobody. He's on a planet. He, we don't know what he did. He did something. We know. He, we knew he was a carpenter. We knew the neighbors knew him. We knew he took care of his family. But he did nothing ministerial until it was his time. And he said it wasn't his time. So I want you to back down off of that evangelical euphoria and zeal that causes so many people to go back. And I want you to settle in and be nurtured by the Holy Ghost. Come under God's training. You realize that you are like in elementary school. You're in daycare with God right now. You got to go through daycare, and then you got to go through kindergarten and elementary school. It's a process, and we don't tell people that, but you have to do it. So the same thing you require of your natural children is what God would like to do with you, which means you need a covering, you need a church. So let me address that. Uh, I will say to you the, what I just said to the previous caller, you need life advisement. You need to learn your God. You need God. Let's learn God. Let's learn God's world. Let's learn Jesus. Let's learn how to be a Christian classes. Now, I'm sure there are some in your area, and I will be definitely praying for you to get that. But until that happens, we do that. That is what we do at PPM Global Resources. We do that. We have, we're there for people like you, people like Denise who's transitioning, trying to move to another place, people like you who just came into God, and we don't want to, we don't want you to get lost, and we don't want you to get slaughtered. So my suggestion is when this is when the call is over, go to drpaulaprice.com, sign up for uh, uh, life advisement, and then when it asks you what you want, you say, I'm a new Christian. I want to grow in Christ, and I don't have a church. Put those three things down so they'll know what to do with you. I'm a new Christian, you know, and I, I, I want to grow in Christ, and I don't have a church. Now, what's going to happen is, as I said to her, we will, when we receive that email, we will assign you to someone who will nurture you through, which will probably be Prophet Adia. She is extraordinarily good at that. And so um, there will probably be Prophet Adia, um, and if she's listening, she already knows watch your name come through. When, she does, when that happens, then you're going to have a – we're going to put together a wonderful program for you to just, just grow in Jesus Christ. You can gush and bubble. You can do all of that. You can you – can, um, obviously, you can purchase one, one uh, contact a month, or you can purchase two or three. But the point is you don't have to be alone while you do this. Now, in the midst of it all, you also get prophetic covering and you get intercession. And when you're first in Christ, that's what you need. And if God is faithful to us in our process, we will, we will cover you, we will corral you, and we will protect you until you're able to stand on your own or, and get you ready for the shepherd that God has chosen for you in Michigan. I'm very, very excited. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I, we, we, you're one person. We, I mean, you know, we can get more like you. We'd be happy. But you're a sheep. You're a sheep. We don't lose. Right now, you're a lamb. We can't, you know, you're still a lamb. We're trying to get you from lamb to sheep. And so before Amen. we start getting, 
<laughs> we, we want to take care. We want to take care of you. So you literally, through this life advisement, you are, you know, you get your questions answered. You get your curiosities addressed. You know, oftentimes people get saved, and, and folks are all excited when you're at the altar. They're thrilled when you come to church, and when you have questions, they're like, "Oh, go, 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 see God. Go read the Bible." But now you can come. You have an advisor to help you do that. So I'm going to pray, and you're going to go and connect with that, and you're going to need it. I know you're going to have three years sound long to you because, you know, we're in a quick society, but you're going to get through your first year talking about, I'm not ready to stop. Mm-mm, this is working for me. <laughs> and you're going to grow because let me tell you something, how you grow under the hand of a quality prophet versus how you grow under a, a pastor or evangelist or teacher, different growth. They're different growth for very, and all of them are good, but for very different reasons. God has you drawn to us because he wants you to be nurtured under the hand of prophet, of a prophet and apostle, not just as a member of the body of Christ. Amen. All right? Father God, thank you for that. Thank you so much for her. Lord, thank you for bringing her into the body. We, we right now cover this lamb of yours, Lord, so, so that she can grow into a mighty and powerful sheep for you, God. I thank you, Lord, that she, that, that she connects with her, her prophet, that they are together, and that she takes seriously that you have handpicked her to come this way. Not everybody can, but you handpicked her, that you, can, that you can preserve her and protect her for what you're going to do in the future. God, I know that when you have people nurtured by prophets, it's because they are, have a, a, a great call to the future and not just a present development. So I thank you for that. I ask that you watch over her, give her the restraint to regard the same process and time it took for you to draw her in, that she would allow her, you to do the same with her family. And, Lord, that she would be more mindful of how it was the day before she got saved or the year before she got saved and understand that people have to come the way you bring them. Lord, make her an intercessor. I see that all over her, that she just prays for her family and prays for situations. And then, Lord, as she prays, she grows in your understanding of how you work. Now, I open up her eyes of understanding like Paul, I give her the spirit of enlighten her that she may know that things have been richly given to you, that she will know her God, and that Christ be formed in her as the mature sovereign of creation and savior of the world. And we bless you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Price. God bless you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, I'm sitting here with tears. I'm crying. But thank you so much. But, okay. I have, All right. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ashley. I love it. I love it. I do, too. I say, oh, my God. You know, I love the lambs. I always like that. I always say somebody needs to get these lambs before they get become lamb chops. I'm loving God Hello. for this. This is amazing. <laughs> Who's next? All right, we have Ruby from Maryland on the line. And Ruby is calling in because she needs God's favor in a financial situation. And any prophetic word you have for her life, she will also accept. Ruby, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Uh, Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm a bit uh, overwhelmed with this whole thing. That was a very beautiful act that just occurred with the with the new babe, uh, Dr. Price. And uh, I know, don't you love it, Ruby? Don't you love it? Yes, I, I it's so tender, so precious and tender. 
Woo, I know. And you know what? Us seasoned saints, we already know we're going to pray. That girl has no idea how many prayers to give a God for her. Simply because she came in and she got, she, uh, you know, we all, we all want to protect the babe. That's just normal. So, honey, she's getting ready to be well covered. And as you indicated, the Lord directed her to you. So he definitely has a, a, a specific call on her life that's, that's great that will be uncovered over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And I tell you, we have to start thinking differently, you know, because under the, the whole previous paradigm, we threw the new babes out. But see, under the apostolic and the prophetic, we know that if we throw them out, they're going to be slaughtered. So we bring them in, grow them up a little bit, give them some legs, some toddlers, whatever, and they can move on. So, yes, I'm thrilled. I, 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 wanna, I can't wait to, I'm enjoying the calls, but I can't wait to talk because I just want to go. I'm like, geez, I want to go and shout the victory. I say, oh, Lord, we got a baby. We're going to nurture from the beginning to the end. Hallelujah. Anyway, Ruby, what's going on with you, champion of God? And she entered the Rolls Royce of coaching and support. <laughs> I know it. Yay! <laughs> just roll, just roll right on into the Rolls Royce of, of 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 cradling and nurturing and covering. So that's how I know that there's a huge call on her life. No, you're right. If that is the truth, because God doesn't send me people who are not ready to go to the big time or the big levels in him, and he doesn't send me people who are not serious about him because he knows we're serious. But anyhow, let's talk about you. Ruby, what's going on with you? Okay, okay. Well, um, as I indicated, I'm a bit overwhelmed. Uh, God has taken me on this uh, journey, and because I'm not rooted in the word biblically, I didn't know what was uh, – I really didn't understand what was happening, but today, uh, divinely, he spent all morning telling me, you know, revealing everything that happened. So just in short, my first name is Ruby, middle name is Sharif, but I was always called by Sharif, which is my middle name. And when my father died in 2014, uh, 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 his name was Maurice, my middle name was Sharif, I decided I was going to call myself Ruby, which is my mother's first name and my official first name. And I didn't know the significance biblically of a name change. Now, all my life I've always been prophetic. I didn't know that I was prophetic. But about seven years ago, it started to, you know, really escalate the, 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 um, the, my ability to tell people about, you know, themselves, to also to be able to coach them through with a lot of detail and accuracy, and I was calling it ignorantly divine download because I didn't know anything better. I said, oh, I have a divine download for you, so I will go around doing that. So uh, about, let me see, 10 months ago, he uh, shut everything down. He shut my finances down. He shut, I'm, I'm a, a business and life um, strategist coach, and uh all, everything just started shutting down, my coaching contract, everything, and I saw a big door like a um, like if you were going to the mall and it was about to close and those big doors that, shut, you know, shut, how can I say it, crashed down. It was black and it crashed down. He showed me visuals, and then he said, it's me. And that was the first time I've ever heard God's voice audibly, which was about 10 months ago. I had not, I wasn't, you know, uh, involved, didn't belong to a church. 
And so what he used was Periscope to actually step walk me through everything that was taken, that I was going through. So I learned that through, uh, you know, Periscope, listening to different people, and I would just, since he shut down my income 24 hours a day, I would just be on Periscope, just listening, listening, listening. So he, he, he let me know all these different terms and what was happening, and I had my first prophetic uh, word. And um, now I'm seeing, now I, I read, he had me reread that word that was given to me mm-hmm. in August. He had me reread it this morning, and I read it again. And now I'm reading it because people kept saying, well, you're a prophet, you're mm-hmm. a prophet. And I kept saying, well, God has not told me that I'm a prophet. But then when I went back to the, because I knew through all my listening that God has to, you know, specifically tell you that that is what you are. So then I went back to the initial uh, prophetic uh, word that was given, and then I read, and I, I said, oh, okay. I didn't understand what he was trying to, I didn't understand what the prophet was saying, but it was a riddle, you know, it was a parable. So I, so now okay. I see. I don't want to run out of time, so I'm going to ask you to wrap that up so a little bit so I can have time to give you the word of the Lord, because um, we only have seven minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that, well I, one picture that he showed me was uh, a vision was a uh, dove flying towards me with a ring in its mouth. So, if you, mm-hmm. so if okay, you so here's what. Cover, cover me, cover me. With 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 prayer, and uh, I can go in peace, I guess. And any advice? Okay, well, no, no. I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. The first thing I want to tell you is I need you to get the prophet handbook. Okay? okay. If you don't have it, I need you to get my prophet handbook. You can get it on Amazon, Kindle. You can go to my website, drpauleprice.com. You want to get it right away? You can go to Amazon. It's called the prophet handbook. You need that right now. That's number one. Number two, I need you to also take our assessment. You need covering. If, now, here's the misnomer that we do. We call people prophets, which is not wrong, but, but, the, but, but the misnomer part is that, that they assume that, that's the, that, that the calling comes in full, and it doesn't. Your calling is just awakening. Everything you just, just described, Ruby, is, is God's procedure for awakening a prophet. If he's got you connecting with me, he's ready for you to be trained by his his. his, uh, his uh, features for his public, because all you have with God is your private development, your, which is usually about awakening. God has great calls for you. He has things that he wants you to do. Since you're a coach, you would make a wonderful asset to God. So why did he shut you down? Why would God do that? God did exactly that to me. I was rising in my company, making all kinds of money. They were ready to give me the, the region and everything. And God gave me a dream and, and showed me walking out of my company and I was furious. I'm going to tell you the truth because exactly what he said happened, happened. At the end of the dream, he showed me running these stone steps, and I'm running like crazy up these stone steps. And finally, the, the stone steps uh, run out, and they turn. I have to leap to get on the goal steps. And I'm on the stone steps at the top, and he said, you've gone as far as you can go in this world. And so that's, that's pretty much God. What God wants to do is train you. So I want you to take an assessment. I want you to go on my website and just take the MAQ. And then I, once you do that, you will get a 30-minute conversation with one of our advisors. They're going to help you. 
And okay. they're going to set up a training track that is just for you. Won't you like that? Just for you. And it will it will be based on your dominant gift, your secondary gift, in the best environment you have, your threats, your risk, your assets, and your your developmental path. You get all of that for you. And in addition to that, you get you can once you sign on your track, you get training, you get counseling and prayer, you get a whole package. And guess what? Just like I said to that last lady, we won't lose you as a baby prophet. See, okay. I want people like you. I want those people, those prophets that God is waking up, those prophets that God is transitioning. I want you because you all have to be developed for what God is doing in the future. However way we, he did it in the past, wonderful, great. And we're not negating that, and you need that to understand the future. But you cannot be lost, so I need you to do this for me. Okay. Okay. Because I hear in your voice. I'm not just speaking to Ruby the woman. I'm speaking to the spirit of the prophet in you. You cannot be lost. Okay, I agree. Thanks. Okay, then that's where I am. And I, the reason I'm, I'm saying that will become clearer when you get connected. So as soon as you take your assessment, that you're not long after you're going to get an opportunity to have your post-assessment advisement, you take the program. Believe me when I tell you, you take the program. I'm listening to your prophet spirit, and if I had more time, I could get deeply into that. But I'm telling you, your spirit is a unique spirit of the prophet, and the mix that God has in you, not everybody can stir up and put together. So you, we, I have a, a term I use, the, your, the apothecary of your anointing, very different formula mix. So that's why I know God put you through on this call so that you would not get lost. Okay, okay, okay. Un, un, understood. And see, I met, I met somebody the other day that I hadn't been in contact, ironically, for seven years. And I was her leader in a network marketing company where I led thousands. And she, she, a, she's prophetic as well. And so she told me, she was giving me the parallels between that because I'm all, I'll, at any rate, I don't want to clog up your time, but yeah, so. Very well. I will uh, look on the website for the assessment and get the handbook and, uh, okay. and go from there. Now hear me, because I'm, i got three minutes to get this in your brain and in your soul. How your prophet spirit is awakened and then how and what it's fed determines whether or not you fulfill destiny or occupy a, a station in that ministry. You've got to decide if you're going to be the top of the top. And if you are, the top is never casual learning. Everything will fight you finishing this program. But if you finish, you will be an amazement to the Holy Ghost. But you're going to have to fight because, let me tell you something, secular success will always fight spiritual education. That's just how it goes. And it's only the people who have vision of the future who will complete it. Fair enough? Fair enough. 
All right. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for Ruby and all of those like her. Uh, Lord, I'm asking that you put your affirmation on this word and then anoint her for the training, anoint her for the process and the going through God, and let her know that Jeremiah was not a good prophet because of some spontaneous weekend, but he was a good prophet for years and years of development and training. And God, if she's going to step into that realm and step into that, that dimension of the prophetic, then Lord God, she needs to be developed the way he was. He was not just trained as a prophet, he was trained as a priest and trained as a leader and even a political leader. All of those things are waiting for her if she submits. God, I thank you for giving her hunger and an appetite for what it is you want to put in her for her to become. In Jesus' omnipotent name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Dr. May I email you? Uh, yes. If you go to my website, it'll tell you how to reach out to me. And I'm also on Facebook. Okay, okay. Thank you so uh-huh. much. You're very welcome. God bless. You too. Well, folks, we finished, we finished today. I have one minute to say thank you. I think we had an explosive show. God is doing amazing things. Hey, join me tonight, Prophetic Ed. We're going to talk about Daniel's powers as a prophet, and we're, we're tuning it into the Prophet's Dictionary and, and Assessment. I want prophets to learn how to assess. So tonight, 8 p.m., Prophetic Ed. Until then, have a great afternoon, and God bless you. Support the Paula Price Show today. For as little as $15 per month, you can help us expand our reach across the globe, ministering to hundreds of listeners weekly. Show your support today by visiting www.drpaulaprice.com and clicking the support button. Make a one-time fee or sign up for a monthly subscription. That's www.drpaulaprice.com. Click support and enjoy Dr. Paula Price in your living room.